Hey everybody, and welcome to the PR Podcast. Give you guys a better insight on how to master your bodies and raising your PRs in and outside the gym. My name is Joseph. I'm here with my two amazing hosts, Annabelle. Hi. And Morgan. Hello, hello. How are we doing today, guys? Great. Fantastic. We are dressed ridiculous, ridiculously. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Annabelle, who brought a bunch of uh, 2020 props, because we are very close to New Year's. We got silly hats on. And beads and what did you just describe it as, Morgan? Bad bitches. <laughs> <laughs> or basically, That's the movie right now. yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're too bad for that hat. That's what happened, Morgan. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I got it. This is an episode you definitely want to watch on YouTube. We have a little Goku dressed up down here. Goku's feeling like a bad bitch. Goku is, um, <laughs> has a little party hat on. He got some beads on. We even had these. Um, what is what are these called? Um, it's not a noisemaker because I don't know. These things are limp. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure something for that. <laughs> oh my god! If they make noise, it's called a kazoo, right? I don't know. You know, just pretend. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit some um, audio in and post yeah so a little under the weather today or actually i should let me clarify i'm i'm over the cold had a little little cold and i'm officially over it though yeah for those of you listening to the podcast the guy speaking right now is in fact joseph yeah if you guys are wondering why who this very sexual voice is it's annie i'm just kidding <laughs> made my voice super deep what are you doing to get over it um i kept working out yeah i kept working out um, I, I felt fine um it just i just got like the like the stuffy nose like a little bit of a sore throat but i didn't get like no body aches no like um no no like no headaches no so pressure just like a cold it was like a minor cold. Okay. Yeah, it, it could literally last at me like 24 hours where I felt like somewhat sucky and it was on Christmas Eve. Mm. And so that, that day I didn't go to the gym. And then, of course, the gym was closed on Christmas and I used it as an excuse to not work it at all. And so I had two days to, to rest completely. And by the time, you know, the day after Christmas came, I was went back in the gym. I felt totally fine. Um, but I got to like this like lingering, like, you know, that nasty phlegm coming up still. And <laughs> It's sucky, and then you know my voice is. I mean, I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> Sick voice isn't bad, but um, I use this opportunity to obviously do some research. And for people who are curious if you should work out while you're sick, I decided to um, pull up some information for you guys. Um, obviously, if you're sick and if you are, you know, in that contagious state, you know, do um, the courtesy of others, you know, avoid public gyms so you don't get anybody else sick. Um, or you could give them the gift of a stronger immune system by getting them sick and making their body fight it off. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do that. Um, so basically the, the rule of thumb is if you're sick below the neck to rest up. So obviously if you have like, um, you know, uh, pneumonia, you have freaking, you know, liquid in your, in your air ducts, you know, you don't want to be working out, um, you know, chest cold and body aches, stuff like that. You definitely want to rest up and chill out. Uh, if you're sick above the neck, though, something like I had, where it's just like a runny nose, a bit of sore, of a sore throat, um, then you're kind of within that gray area, and you kind of have to make a personal judgment call. Uh, see how your body's feeling, see how your head's feeling, and you know, kind of kind of gauge it. 
So what you want to do if you do, if you are within that gray zone and you want to see how you feel, go into the gym and do some light cardio, about 10, 15 minutes on the treadmill or any type of cardio machine and see how your lungs are, see how your body's feeling, see if you're aching, if you feel fatigued, if your stamina is low um, and kind of decide from there. But the good thing is even light exercise like that can help improve immune function and help speed up your recovery as well. Uh, but if you do feel good, feel free to hit the weights and and you'll be good to go from there. Um, <clears throat> if you do decide to skip the weights, don't worry, you're not going to lose muscle that fast. You're not going to lose size, lose strength. If you do notice you are a little bit smaller, it's more likely due to lower glycogen within the muscles, which as soon as you work out hydration and glycogen, they fill back up very quickly and you'll get back to your, to your, you know, how you were um, you know, before, prior. And so work out if you're sick, like I said, rule of thumb, below the neck, rest up above the neck, you know, kind of um, you're within that gray area, check it out, do some light cardio, see how you're feeling. I like how you said that because in uh, high school, when I ran cross country, our coach would just have us run. I mean, it's cross country, so it's distance, so it's low intensity, steady state. And his rule of thumb was as long as you don't have a fever and you feel good, Mm -hmm. just go for an easy jog. And like it really like at the end, you really felt better unless you were like having trouble breathing. Then it's a little difficult. But um, yeah, you might be a little bit more sensitive to pain. So you don't want to like push PRs or like, you know, try to do something crazy, but exercise. Yeah. It'll actually help you help you battle a cold. Yeah. Yeah. You also want to hydrate. What else? It, Cause you were taking some supplements, right? I think oh yeah. Said- so I, I raised up my vitamin C and I also started to um, take more vitamin D. So I normally take about 5,000 IU of vitamin, a, vitamin D a day, which is like a super small little soft, <laughs> soft gel. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan is a child. <laughs> so yeah, vitamin C, vitamin. So, so hard not to laugh, but that's why I'm coming. So. We set it up for him. So vitamin C, vitamin D, so zinc. That vitamin. <laughs> you should do that. Uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh, go what, what, Morgan? What are you gonna say? <laughs> You guys heard about that? Uh... <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> you, have to, you cannot start this and not finish yeah. it. Finish this, right, Joseph. Just, no, Joseph and Morgan. It's going viral for a bit. There's like these people <laughs> getting that I know vitamin what you're D, but it would just. They'll be butt naked outside outdoors. Oh, with their called hole. perineum, with their yeah, perineum with sunning. Sun. Yeah, there you go. What's it called? Perineum sunning. <clears throat> oh my it's god! Is that what like... you're doing? So <laughs> <laughs> you can have vitamin D. Ten thousand IU. This, well, sucky thing is, it's, it's been very cloudy, so I had to like double. The That's time. when it's even stronger. I got I got to so... double the time. <laughs> hey, it's even stronger like that, man. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Don't do that. There's not enough evidence to show that it's effective. <laughs> yeah, that's why Please I was laughing, don't. It's, it's a joke you might get a ticket. Unless you like a warm bottle, then hey, you live your life. Seat warmers. <laughs> <laughs> Take a hot shower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many other ways. Um, yeah. So the important things too when you're sick is just uh, the tendency is going to want to be to have uh, comfort foods. Try to not do like too much of that, like inflammatory, high carb foods may not help. Um, you still want to be nutrient dense, lots of vitamins and minerals through your food. So lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, hydration is super important because you're expelling all kinds of fluids through 
everywhere. So drink a lot of water, yeah. warm tea. Mm-hmm. Um, coffee is still not too bad. It's not as dehydrating as people originally thought it to be. Um, make sure if you're drinking coffee or having caffeine um, has a mild diuretic effect. So still drink water to kind of counteract that. Yeah, I did load up on the on the berries too, like strawberries and blueberries. You know, obviously power, powerful antioxidants to help um, support the immune system. Um, what else? Obviously, loaded up on, on greens, and you you mentioned one other thing. Zinc. Oh yeah, zinc. I sorry. Well, I always take zinc before bed. I, I do a ZMA, which is a zinc and magnesium blend, uh, before uh, before knocking out at night, and so that that definitely helped as well. Um, you said one more thing. Dang it. Um, like nutrients or I think it was nutrient based. Um, so vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc were the three like main ones. Echinacea, there's some like some mild support. Dang. They have like no none of that. But when I re-listen to the podcast, I'm I'm gonna hear it and be like, ah, my that's memory. what it was. Yeah, my memory is my memory is not the best right now. It's still uh, early. <laughs> yeah, wash your hands. You said that like proper nutrition or yeah. proper hygiene. Yeah, proper hygiene, proper nutrition. Oh, and proper yeah. sleep. There we go. Yeah, I would say yeah. like if you could go to the gyms, go to the gym because personally me, one thing I like when I am sick, I mean, I don't like being sick, but when I am sick is I like going to the gym because I knock out so quick mm-hmm. because my body's trying to fight the, the sickness. So obviously in, in the beginning, it's initially it's kind of hard to fall asleep because my nose is running and all that. But once I knock out, I have like the best sleep ever yeah. just as I'm exhausted from my day because I'm pushing my body to the limit. So. I don't like taking drowsy medicine though. I fight it, like Nyquil and stuff. Mm. I hate it. Yeah, I don't like the way it makes me feel. I actually get worse sleep when I take that. Yeah. So I just take regular, just daytime medicine, and then fall asleep normally. Yeah, that's a good point because I I knock out when I take that medicine, but when I wake up, I feel like shit. Oh, okay. I feel super drowsy. Yeah. It takes me a while to like come back to life. Yeah. See, like I would just fight it all night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ugh, nasty feeling. I don't like it. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Yeah. Be healthy. <laughs> Be healthy. But hey, sickness happens. And, you know, no matter how much you take care of yourself and you eat good. Oh, that's 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 what it was food. It was nutrition. So uh, luckily I tracked macros because my appetite went away the first day. Oh. Yeah. So but because I tracked my macros, I know my calorie intake. I still was able to hit my um, daily calorie intake. And I think that also helps speed up the my, my process of getting better faster as well because a lot of times when people get sick they lose their appetite they don't eat and that can hinder your immune system and and cause slower recovery nice hope you feel better soon oh i already i like physically i feel fine i'm fine i'm good (laughs) it's just my voice yeah just really (laughs) sexy voice which i hope sticks around a little bit longer (laughs) (laughs) you know a lot of vitamin d so ten thousand iu i hate you (laughs) 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 so Today's episode of the PR podcast is going to be over um, three of very important supplements that I feel are very important. We kind of mentioned them a little bit in the last podcast. If you guys listened, if you guys didn't, go listen. Um, where we're going to be going over three very popular um, supplements that I personally feel that you guys should be taking. Um, one is going to be caffeine. Number two is going to be creatine. Number three is going to be alleucine. And we're going to go into kind of the depths of these and kind of go over some scientific research as well that kind of proves the point on them um so what do you guys want to start with caffeine caffeine so caffeine literally the most used supplement slash drug 
ever in existence. <laughs> <laughs> Most used and abused. <clears throat> yeah. So um, the cool thing is Annabelle is like a um, encyclopedia when it comes to caffeine, <laughs> where I know she could probably do a, a full two hour episode just based off caffeine or uh, just by herself without any type of research. <laughs> That's not true. It's Maybe. True. Um, <laughs> yeah. My, one of my undergrad, like our project was to research ergogenic aids. So ergogenic aids, anything that helps you boost performance, like in the gym. And I got stuck in the group talking about caffeine and like stuck. that kind of. Yeah. yeah. Stuck. <laughs> stuck. <laughs> we, it was random selection. Where's the caffeine group at? <laughs> um, so that kind of like, you know, uh, jump started like my interest in like looking up supplements and ergogenic aids and stuff. So. Yeah, caffeine, and there's more and more research coming out, um, mostly caffeine from coffee, which is kind of nice because coffee has the benefits of antioxidants and it's a natural source of caffeine. Um, teas and, you know, like caffeine pills, like, I don't know, depending on how their source is a little bit different. Not as much research, but um, so we can talk. So I have um, actually one of my original, like, first three posts like on my Instagram was about caffeine and its benefits related specifically to fitness. Um, so there's five benefits um, that have been proven through research for caffeine. Um, number one is it accelerates fat loss. Um, it's not a fat burner. It's not going to like burn fat without you doing anything, but it has fat burning properties. So when it's consumed before workout, it can prompt um, fat cells. So like adipose tissue, it can help mobilize the fat that's in your body, like in your, in your body to kind of be used as fuel for your workout. Um, the caffeine in black coffee also increases, uh, your heart rate, which can increase your metabolism and can burn more calories throughout the day. So depending on how fast or not you metabolize coffee or caffeine, um, it can have lasting effects too. Um, number two is it increases performance. So studies link caffeine intake and increased athletic performance. Um, it, it has been the most studied powerful ergogenic aid. And um, when it's tested or studied in, within athletes, it can um, help them train at a greater power output or train for longer um, after caffeine consumption, so uh, after consuming some. Um, number three is it improves focus. Even if you're not working out, I think I can vouch for this. Like it can improve your focus. Like if you're studying, if you're reading, if you're working, um, a black coffee improves mental focus and can keep your workouts effective in that way too. So if you have trouble focusing at the gym, um, having a little bit of caffeine before, uh, it can decrease pain. So research found the subjects who consumed study or consumed coffee prior to exercise experienced less muscle pain in a couple of studies. So two cups of coffee can cut post-workout muscle pain by up to 48% based on a meta-analysis. And number five is it combats chronic disease. So because caffeine um, and coffee contains antioxidants, which protects against the damage from free radicals, um, free radicals are the things that antioxidants from coffee or berries or, you know, vegetables can help you combat. Um, it can help prevent, um, the free run of those free radicals, like within your system and free radicals 
um, is the thing that is uh, most common causing for some cancers. So yeah, just so we know. Damage cells. Um, coffee can also lower your risk of type 2 diabetes by 22%. And this was based on a study of people who drank six cup of coffee or six cups of coffee or more per day. Um, coffee drinkers overall have less risk of heart disease uh, because of the improved blood flow. So coffee is a vasodilator. Um, that means it dilates or opens up your uh, blood vessels so more blood can flow. Um, and there's also less calcification in coronary arteries. So that's also due to the vasodilation. Um, I guess we could talk about how much coffee, how much caffeine. Um, you know, for the studies that looked at the fat burning effects of coffee, uh, they did around 200 milligrams. So that's two standard cups, like six to eight ounce cups of coffee from like home brewed coffee. Um, you're talking a little bit different if you get it from like a coffee shop or cold brew coffee or nitro coffee. Um, just depends, but about 200 milligrams think like two standard cups from home um it's a, a stimulant um it's glycogen sparing so if you are using or mobilizing fat um you don't use like as much of the glycogen that's in your bloodstream because of the caffeine consumption um uh i guess i don't know do you guys want to talk any other benefits we can talk some of the negatives but continue the on the which is mentioned already. So I could personally say, I'm not sure about the fat loss. Obviously, I don't look into the science about for that. But I could personally say for performance and focus, <clears throat> I could see it. It does help a lot. So there, there are days when I go to the gym and I don't take caffeine or anything. And I still get through my workouts. But it might be just because it improves focus. Uh, that when I do take caffeine, I just feel a little bit stronger I feel a little bit more zoned into my workout and performance does seem to go up a little bit. So the weights that pr probably the week before felt a little bit heavier without the caffeine. If I go in the same day and I take some caffeine, they'll feel a little bit lighter. Um, it's not much of a difference, but you definitely feel a small difference. Um, and personally, me, I don't take 200 milligrams because I believe for performance, it's a little bit higher, right? The like dosage. Four to six so like 400 to 600 yeah, milligrams. We know from episode one, yeah. you crackhead. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I personally take 600 milligrams when, oh, when I train. Gosh. Um, so, but I don't take it at once. Let me just put that out there. So I like to <laughs> do it. I have my little routine, right? A little uh, pre-workout uh, ritual. So I'll take 300 milligrams before the gym as I'm going to the gym. And then I'll, as I'm getting ready, warmed up. I'll start taking my next 300 milligrams. So by the time I'm working out, like I'm, I'm peaked. I'm ready nice. to go and I feel good. <laughs> uh, so maybe that's what I'm saying. When I do take caffeine, I feel my workouts go a lot better, a lot smoother. They just feel more focused. I'm more in tune with my body. I am one with the bar. <laughs> and when I'm not on caffeine, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't feel <laughs> as good in the gym. So, yeah. And then also the, the pain thing, uh, I... That's also another thing that comes with performance as well, because um, say if I'm super sore that day, uh, if when I do take caffeine for some reason, it just kind of seems to go away after a while. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to when I'm not taking caffeine, maybe because I'm not as focused on the workout, I'm more focused on the pain. Um, 
workouts are a little bit harder. So that could be another benefit just from my experience. Yeah, so I'm a little more on the caffeine sensitive side, especially when it comes into bringing in like caffeine at one at one time, like 300 milligrams at once will have my head spinning. Um, on top of that, I am a nighttime workout guy, which we mm-hmm. I, I kind of said on, on the last podcast. Yeah. So if I bring in too much caffeine, you know, too late at night, obviously I'm going to have the sleeplessness problems. I'm staring at the ceiling until three o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah. until it wears off. And so, <clears throat> but during the day I do... I do drink a good amount of caffeine during the day, though. So I probably bring in anywhere from three to 400 milligrams of caffeine um, starting beginning of my day to about, I think I usually have no more caffeine, usually around like 4 to 5 p.m. I kind of like cut it off. I don't want to take it too late in the day. And the, and the thing is, there are different types of caffeine out there as well. Typically, energy drinks would carry a source called caffeine anhydrous, which is a little more of a, of a, of a hard spiking source of caffeine. We're going to spike the energy high. And then depending on the individual, they'll have a crash after. Some people do. Some people don't. Same thing with pre-workouts do typically carry caffeine anhydrous as well. And usually when we take a pre-workout, that's usually what they shoot for is that caffeine. You know, people come in, they're like, what's the strongest caffeine pre-workout? And you have to remember too, pre-workouts obviously offer nitric oxides and other type of benefits, but and sometimes they have <clears throat> other stimulants in there as well. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. There's a lot of other stimulants out yeah. there as well, which is a whole nother topic. And so um, for me, I tend to like a little more green coffee bean based caffeine. Uh, I tend to has a little bit more of a slower buzz, a little more uh, slower up and then, but the same thing has a slower down as well. So that your um, chances of crashing afterwards are a lot lower. Um, so that's typically my, my take when it comes to caffeine. Also, um, like I said, I think I said this on the last podcast too, I do take a, a non-caffeine pre-workout when I work out. It does contain something called lion's mane, which is um, a mushroom nootropic, which still helps give that mental focus that people do enjoy from caffeine. Like you said, becoming like one with the bar. Mm-hmm. And so lion's mane still offers that where you kind of get that really good mind-muscle connection without the, without the use of caffeine and without the use of the stimulant, you're still able to sleep after. But obviously, when you do combine caffeine with lion's mane, then it's a whole nother world. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful combination. And so for someone who's a little bit more newer to caffeine, if, if you're just caffeine sensitive, um, you know, start with a with 100 milligram dose, start very low. And then from there on, kind of work your way up. Because a lot of times people who don't typically take caffeine, they'll start with a very high dosage and they think that. It's just not for them, even though they, yeah, they're, they're jittery, they're exactly. nauseous. And they're taking like 400 milligrams and, and, yeah. they, and they don't realize that they're just caffeine sensitive. It's like, well, no, caffeine is almost for everybody for, you know, for the most part, for he- obviously healthy individuals. But you might just need a lower dose. And the size of the person does not matter. Like I'm 6'3", I weigh 220 pounds in the off season, and I cannot bring in that much caffeine. You know, it just... Just like alcohol, it differs person to person where Annie could drink us underneath the table and we're, you know, <laughs> bigger than she is. It's yeah. okay, Joseph. <laughs> You'll reach this level. <laughs> when you're older. <laughs> so that's one thing to consider uh, if you are a little bit newer or if you do have a lower tolerance. That uh, Real quick, I don't want to, <clears throat> since we're on that subject, yeah. do any of you know how long it takes for uh, once once you ingest caffeine for it to hit you? To feel the effects of caffeine for me personally or like the actual just science? in general is there anything out there uh, well for me personally i would say about 10 minutes it hits me relatively i guess you could say that's kind of quick i know other people it could be about 15 20 to 30 minutes yeah because that could be a good for like people that don't drink caffeine maybe take your time drinking the caffeine to see how you're responding instead of 
finishing the entire cup and then like, oh shit, that was a little bit too much. You yeah. Know, just kind of yeah. take it in slow. So what I do recommend to people, especially when they are purchasing a pre-workout and they're not sure how their caffeine tolerance is, I always tell them, like, start with half a scoop, wait about 30 minutes, see how you feel. If you feel good then you know, take the rest. If, if, if you feel fine, then obviously don't keep raising the dosage. So I can talk uh, a lot of the studies that have like looked at the half-life of caffeine and this is specifically from coffee. Mm -hmm. So it's like, natural source it's a little bit more like how the green coffee bean caffeine is um works in your body it's anywhere depending on the person from three to ten hours that's how long a cup about 90 to 120 milligrams of caffeine lasts in your body mm. um and i can talk a little bit about how caffeine works like how the beauty of it like the magic um <laughs> we don't want to know <laughs> it's pretty simple Drink it, touches your tongue, and <laughs> raises your PRs. Go. Magic juice. Um, Break PRs, not resolutions. <laughs> yes. I, I dare you not let me say that. <laughs> say it again, say it again, say it again. Break PRs, not resolutions. Oh. Yes. Pure podcast, gas, 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 gas. This is amazing. Anyway. So, um, the way that caffeine works, and specifically from coffee, is it blocks a thing called adenosine. So adenosine is a modulator that's in your brain. Um, adenosine's role in your body is to like promote sleep. So basically it suppresses arousal um, and helps regulate your blood flow. So what it does, you have receptors. They're called A1 receptors in your body, like in your brain. And adenosine is what sets in and helps you get sleepy. Caffeine blocks those receptors. So adenosine can't make you sleepy. So it doesn't give you physical energy like how food or calories does. It doesn't work that way unless you have like sugar, like, you know, like energy drinks that have sugar and caffeine or coffee that has sugar. But um, it does block the, the adenosine receptors. So um, depending on the person, depending on what you eat that day, depending on how you expel your energy that day, it's going to depend on how long it lasts in your system. Um, but that's why it's beneficial before a workout is because there's only so much you can do within those 30 minutes. Um, and like we said, it's like anywhere from three to 10 hours for a, a dose of caffeine, like to metabolize in your system. Um, and I will say, like, I like how you said it's kind of like part of your ritual because even if somebody is like a little bit more caffeine sensitive or they're not caffeine sensitive, the benefit of having like a ritual around your workout is it kind of like gets you in the zone. So even if you do take a pre-workout that's non-stimulant or doesn't have caffeine um, and just has other stimulants, it can still work the same because it gets your mind like our body isn't compartmentalized like we like associate okay it's game time like you get your little shaker cup you throw whatever you know get ready for the gym and the placebo effect even though it's a placebo effect like should not be minimized like it's effective like if you believe in your mind that this is gonna get you jacked and ready for the gym get ready for a workout then it will um it's just you know a matter of like how long it's gonna last in your system whether or not it does so the next element we're going to get into is going to be creatine. Um, creatine is a, another huge uh, supplement out there. It's, it's one of the most well-researched supplements with over 700 human studies. It's literally right behind caffeine. Um, so 
creatine tends to kind of get a bad rap. Um, there's a lot of like old school rumors that still kind of float around about creatine or it causing like uh, kidney damage or it, it causing cancer or any type of type of negative health effect. And in reality, these are just myths. They're very old school urban legends that, that really hold no merit. Um, the scientific research is not there to really back it. Um, so we're going to kind of go over a lot of the benefits of what creatine does, what, what it is and different ways and forms you can get it in. And so the cool thing about creatine is that um, it's very inexpensive to grab for like the, the risks um, to benefit scale is huge. Like the risk is extremely low, little to nothing. And the benefit is extremely high. And it's like I said, super inexpensive. So typically like you could pay like 15, 20 bucks for like 80 to 120 servings, something like that. Something it's not expensive whatsoever. So grabbing for your buck, it produces some great results. Um, so typically they recommend five grams of creatine powder, um, you know, per day per serving. Um, and creatine is found in a lot of foods It's found naturally in the body as well. And so typically to get enough creatine inside your body from food, you would typically have to eat a kilogram of raw beef. And I like to stress the word raw because whenever you do cook the beef, it denatures the creatine, meaning that it kind of kills off it some so you don't actually get that full five grams like 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 you need to actually get the performance benefits and so it becomes very very low um so the human body um it uses three type of energy systems that work together to produce atp which is the main fuel source for your muscles so uh, one of the main energy systems is going to be aerobic system uh the aerobic system uses blood glucose and fat during long duration workouts that's usually like um like long jogs or marathons or anything like that um, another source of energy is the anaerobic system, which produces ATP a little more quicker using uh, strictly blood glucose. And this is more for like a 100 meter run or like, you know, 100 meter swims, anything like that. And the third type of energy system is the phosphagen system. This produces energy extremely quickly using creatine phosphate stored in the muscles. And this is what we as lifters use typically because this is more for short bursts, you know, heavy bench press, heavy squats. That's when our body uses the creatine uh, phosphate stored in muscles as a main fuel source. And so to kind of give people an idea of when of how kind of creatine works, I like to kind of explain it like this. I tell people whenever you're whenever you're working out and you're and you're hitting your set and you start to get tired, that's usually your body depleting this ATP in the muscle. And that's when you need a rest. So that that little two to five minute break in between your set when you're recovering and you kind of feel like, OK, time for my next set. That's usually a sign that your creatine ATP stores are refilled in your muscle and you're like, OK, time for set number two. And so, like I said, your body produces creatine naturally. But when you take a creatine supplement, not only does it raise the ATP in your muscle for more strength output and longer sets, but it helps restore it quicker as well. So you're able to recover quicker between sets. So overall, your workout performance is going to be enhanced. So for anybody who's not even, you don't have to be in the gym. For anybody who works out, exercises in or outside the gym or any type of performance, creatine can benefit you. So it's, it's, it's amazing. I always tell people, I go, if you if you work out or do any type of exercise, um, creatine definitely has its role and can be very, very uh, beneficial. Um, as far as, um, creatine loading, I know this is a big one. People say you don't have to do, you don't have to do it. Some people say you do have to do it. Um, in reality, you do not have to load creatine, but it does play its role if you do want to do that. And so I was looking at some of the studies and it says, um, you could take from anywhere from 20 to 25 grams of creatine per day, which is 
Sounds like a, a very hefty dose, but that will fully saturate creatine stores just within a week. So you'd be fully saturated within a week. And then after that, you could um, just take five grams a day to keep uh, creatine stores saturated. Now, if oh, you And I would question that only because I want to say a lot of the studies that looked into that were funded by supplement companies that were looking at, like, of course, they want to promote like people uh, saturating and like uh, loading creatine. Mm-hmm ahead of time because that's going to have people purchase more creatine right. like as a supplement because you can load quote unquote with food too right like so if you're non-vegan or vegetarian you're still eating protein and you still get that creatine so i don't think we're saying specifically you're loading like 20 grams of creatine like from a powder from supplements directly yeah, so exactly it's both Sorry. correct um so if you don't want to load the creatine, uh, taking five grams of powder a day is totally fine. Um, it might take a little bit longer, though, for creatine stores to fully saturate, where that could take anywhere from up to a month for, to hit full saturation. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You're still going to get the, the strength and performance benefits. Um, another thing about creatine is that timing does not matter. Um, some studies have shown that taking creatine post-workout can enhance um, muscle and strength gains, but it was so extremely minimal that... Um, I usually tell people, I go, just get it in anytime during the day that best fits your lifestyle. It's, it's not really going to really matter too much. Um, a study in 2003, uh, this study studied 300 people, which is a very huge study. Um, it showed anywhere between a 5 to 25% increase in overall maximal power and strength. And I believe these were actually football players that they, 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 uh, college football players that they did a study on. And we'll, um, I'll put the link on there as well. Um, Another study showed that even people with six years um, of experience lifting showed a 30% rep increase in their overall bench press. And obviously, I'm sure it showed an overall increase in other lifts as well, not just bench press, but that's what the study was on. Um, which obviously, that's great. Obviously, if you're doing more repetitions during your sets, that's going to result in overall more muscle over time. Um, another big theory is that you have to cycle creatine. Technically, you do not have to since you get it from food all the time and also it's produced naturally in the body. So there's really no need to cycle off a creatine powder because um, unlike caffeine, your body does not become immune to, to the effects. Where sometimes with caffeine, they do recommend taking you know a couple of days off or a few weeks off every here and there to resensitize yourself to, to caffeine. Um, and this, and to kind of prove this, it was another 2003 study that showed, um, people taking creatine for 21 consecutive months and showed zero negative health effects. So that's huge. Um, and also we'll link that study, um, in, in the show notes as well. Um, so overall the benefits of creatine totally outweigh the cost. Like I said, it's very inexpensive to buy creatine. Um, if you're spending more than like 25, 30 bucks for creatine, you're kind of wasting your money. And again, oh, I don't think I mentioned this at all. These studies are on creatine monohydrate, just old school, plain creatine monohydrate. Um, you don't have to go fancy with these creatines. I'm sure other creatines do play their role. There are some studies on them, but um, old school creatine monohydrate gets the job done. It's the least expensive and it's the best bang for your buck. So again, overall, if you are training, any type of strength training, sport training, anything that you want better performance, athletic performance, I do recommend uh, taking a creatine because it could, the, the risk to reward is extremely, um, is, is there. Yeah. 
And this is also assuming that your nutrition is still great, your training program is still using progressive overload, and you're still stimulating a need for this creatine to even be used and uptaken. Yeah, if you're taking creatine and you're just sitting on the couch and you work out, you know, once a week, you probably won't see yeah, the benefits too much. It's still not magic. <laughs> Nothing so, we say today is magic. I'm assuming both of you take creatine? Yes. I take creatine, uh, so it's not a creatine monohydrate, like exclusively it's part of like a recovery like supplement so it has antioxidants and it's i mean i use it just for like the flavor i don't use it every single day it's just it's because i know some of the benefits and that's kind of it i eat a lot of meat though i i'm an omnivore so i get plenty of protein do you guys have you guys ever loaded creatine no no um i did one time I can't really say if I noticed a difference or not. And um, so I took about a month off creatine. So that's why that's the reason why I did load it whenever I jumped back on. Um, I loaded it with, but I was only doing 15 grams a day. So I wasn't doing like what they said here, 20 mm-hmm. to 25 grams. I was only doing 15 grams. I would do um, five grams in the morning, five grams pre-workout, and then 10 grams. Uh, I'm sorry, five morning, five pre, five post. That's what I was doing. I had that for a month straight, and then after that, I just stuck to five grams after. But I really didn't notice too much of a difference, if if any at all, if I'm being honest, um, as far as loading to not loading. Okay, yeah, because me personally, I've done loading as well. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, let me say, I take creatine as well, but there's times when I don't take it, and I honestly don't feel much of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's that. It, the studies show, obviously, that you'll get a couple more reps. So in the long long term, it's going to be beneficial but okay. when and that's going to be for someone that's like dialed like they yeah. already have like like they know what a couple of reps more is going to take mm-hmm. and then um so when i did creatine loading i did 20 grams so i would do bre- breakfast and then pre and post workout and then dinner so i would take it four times and i had some pretty bad side effects so my stomach was hurting i would feel bloated it was not it was not the business at all so I know I've heard people say they get those side effects. And from my experience, that seems to be the only time where I did feel bloated and my stomach was not happy with me. Uh, well, besides that, now I take it, you know, on a daily, most of the time, maybe like probably like five times a week, uh, five times, five times a week. And I don't get that bloat and I don't feel gross just taking it like that. And you're at like five grams yeah, I take like five like grams. Post-workout or pre-workout uh, or just whenever? Whenever. Okay. Whenever I remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And there are some, um, I mean, obviously these studies like have shown a percentage of increase. It is a well-studied supplement, but it's still a supplement. You still have to do everything else, um, you know, your sleep, your nutrition, your training. Um, but there are also some people that are quote-unquote non-responders. Mm-hmm. And that's like a fancy term to say they didn't notice a difference Mm -hmm. and And you have to validate that because if you're not feeling like you notice a difference, even the placebo effect of you feeling like it doesn't make any difference won't. Um, Yeah. And it showed that um, up to 30% of people are kind of known as non-responders. And those people are people who are usually elderly or people who have extremely high high carnivore diets, just mainly because they get so much from, from food already. Yeah. So, and you started off saying like, so creatine is an amino acid, anything. So a little like tip, like anything that ends in ene, I-N-E, like 
is an amino acid. So you do produce some naturally in your body, um, but so do the animals if you're an omnivore that we consume. So eggs and steak, chicken, bison, all that. Um, so the creatine, like as a supplement, creatine monohydrate, uh, the study that you mentioned where it was uptaken a little bit better for some people post-workout is only because your body's desensitized or sensitized um, a little bit more. So you're able to just uptake that more. But overall, it does not make a difference, right? You can have it any time of the day. Um, there, uh, So some people have called it like a fat-burning supplement or, you know, a muscle-building, blah, blah, blah. Um, and kind of like super far related it but not, can be not directly not directly right so the the fat burning quote unquote benefit that would have is if you're able to do a couple more reps if you're able to push your workout a little bit further um if you're a little bit um less sensitive to you know fatiguing during your workout then you're pushing it harder that's where it would increase muscle um and maybe have a little bit a little bit of a fat burning effect um, there is a little bit of uh, research too on cognition, so on brain function. And I want to disclose that the studies that have shown that it's important for um, like cognition or brain function um, has been specifically on vegans and vegetarians. Because they don't get as much creatine through their diet, they make some in their bodies naturally, um, but people who are vegan or vegetarian um, show a cognitive benefit, so brain function improves when they supplement with creatine um, when uh, the studies were done. So that's not including people who eat meat and plants together. So, um, And also for health. So a little bit of the research has shown like some offshoots of benefits for creatine. Um, it can boost your metabolic health. Um, so uh, one randomized control trial studied uh, specifically type 2 diabetic patients. Um, and we know a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time type 2 diabetes is caused um, or one of the cofactors is, is uh, obesity and, you know, just being kind of un unhealthy, like if you're um, not insulin sensitive enough. Um, so these people... Uh, took either five grams a day, which is what we're kind of recommending of creatine monohydrate or a placebo. So, and it showed that the creatine group saw a greater improvement of uh, A1C, which is the measure of their glucose control. So insulin works to shuttle glucose to the muscle when they need it. If you have type 2 diabetes, then you're um, not producing the correct amounts or you're, you're not insulin sensitive enough, um, to shuttle that glucose into the muscle. So, um, these people showed some benefit for that. And, um, we could link that, that study too, if anyone's interested, um, for anyone who has family members or anything with type two diabetes. Um, and it can also, for some people specifically, again, for type two diabetes or people who have, um, heart disease or uh, basically chronic illnesses that are related to inflammation, um, it can be beneficial like or can have an anti-inflammatory effect. So it's an amino acid that does carry those properties. Um, and we can link that uh, 
study as well. There's a little bit, um, which I haven't read the studies myself yet, but there is a little bit of research that's starting to come out for um, creatine being used to, since it's anti-inflammatory, the properties of creatine, um, they're using it to look at um, Alzheimer's patients. So a lot of Alzheimer's uh, patients, obviously, because it's like a brain um, a disease, like in the brain or like memory, um, a lot of it is caused by inflammation. So inflammation in the brain, also systemic inflammation. So a lot of, um, like I said, a lot of these studies were done on like unhealthy or overweight or severely overweight or obese people. Um, but they're starting to come out with studies that are like showing some benefit for um, Alzheimer's disease patients, which is really exciting. It's kind of cool. Um, we mentioned in the last episode, like almost half of uh, Americans are going to be obese or severely obese um, by in 10 years, by 2030. So it's something that is probably going to be studied a little bit more. We'll probably start seeing a little bit more of that. Um, so just wanted to mention that. But I mean, in terms of healthy individuals who um, are trained, who don't have these uh, chronic diseases, creatine is pretty safe and has, has shown, you know, to be pretty effective. Yeah. And um, and going back to on uh, how Morgan said it kind of like upset your stomach when you first started. Uh, if you are one of those people too that kind of get a little a little bit of an upset stomach with creatine, you can always split the dose. You don't have to do five uh, uh, grams at once. You can split it two and three, or you know however you guys want. Um, that that can help the digestive system, and or or also you could do a micronized creatine monohydrate where the um, particles are smaller, so your body um, easily um, or your body digests it easier, and that could cause um, less. Um, you know, stomach, stomach problems. Um, <clears throat> also, um, people who tend to have higher muscle mass can take a little bit higher doses as well, up to 10 grams a day, um, just because th- their body can, could utilize that a little bit, a little bit easier. Um, another thing is people don't want to take creatine because they don't want to get bloated, like water retention, which water does store muscle. Uh, Creatine does store water in the muscle. Um, it's not in the fat cells. It's not under the skin. It's in the muscle. So um, that bloating or water retention you're getting, that look is um, is stored in the muscle. Um, if you tend to look bloated and soft, it's probably not from creatine. It's probably from your daily diet and nutrition. <laughs> so you might want to watch that. Um, but yeah, so. Glad you said that because always like your diet and your hydration too has yeah, to be plays like a big, big role. yeah so like if you're getting creatine like monohydrate compared to like when you're eating like five grams of creatine like from a steak like get your vegetables get your water yeah. intake like you have to balance all that out like it's not going to be it's not, it doesn't have specific superpowers like that you still have to take care of everything else your sleep everything yeah overall I love creatine. I've been taking it for years. Um, and this, you know, I'll take these benefits any day. If anything could benefit me, if anything's going to help me get stronger, get more reps in the gym and give me a better performance in the gym, I'm I'm going to I'm going to take it, especially when there's literally no notable negative side effects. Yeah, I was going to say that, too, because, yeah, there, it seems to be safe. And I, like I said, personally, I don't feel much of a difference, but it's so cheap that I'm like, well, if there's that. You know, possibility is going to give me a little bit more gains and I'm going to take it. Yeah. Don't leave gains on the table, guys. (laughs) 
Cool. We good on the creatine? I think we're good on the creatine. Sweet. And if you guys have any more concerns or there's anything we missed on any of these topics, always feel free to DM us and we'll be more than happy to go more in depth about anything that we might have missed. So lastly, on this list of supplements, uh, what probably, I guess you could say the, the least important of the, of the three, but I still feel like it plays a role, is going to be L-leucine. So alleucine obviously is not as popular as caffeine or creatine. Some of you guys might be hearing this word for the first time, um, but a lot of people are familiar with BCAAs. And so BCAAs are made up of three branched chain amino acids, um, leucine, isoleucine, and valine. And leucine is the main uh, branched chain amino acid out of the three. And so um, alleucine itself helps um, activate uh, mTOR receptors. mTOR receptors um, helps induce protein synthesis, which can also help with muscle building. Um, so for people who kind of struggle to hit their protein intake or people who are brand new to weightlifting can highly uh, benefit from um, supplementing alleucine. And so a 2011 study showed that after a 12-week training program, they had two, um, two groups of people. Um, that there were untrained males, untrained, so brand new newbies, and they had them, both groups follow the same um, workout plan for 12 weeks. The group that did supplement L-leucine uh, post-workout noticed a 38 to 40% increase in overall strength gains, holla, compared to the placebo group that did not take L-leucine post-workout. So this is in my in my opinion, um, a, a great thing to kind of look at. So if you are newer to the gym, if you are kind of barely getting started, you might find some benefit in supplementing L-leucine post workout. Now, L-leucine can come from food and also can come from protein supplements as well. So you do not have to take L-leucine directly as a pure supplement. You could easily just take a protein shake or eat a meal um, uh, post workout, but Sometimes just supplementing L-leucine could be um, a lot less expensive and it could be a lot easier to ingest post-workout as well. Um, and you can mix it with anything. Pretty much it comes unflavored, but the unflavored version of L-leucine is very sour. So just a heads up on that. If you do take it unflavored, it would not be pleasant. Um, but even me, myself, uh, I do supplement L-leucine myself because even though these studies are based on newbies, um, I feel like there might still be some benefit for experienced lifters. Um, unfortunately, there's not really any research on experienced lifters taking pure alleucine post-workout. But again, kind of back to my creatine theory, um, if it can help me even a little bit, it can benefit me, then I'm going to take that role. It's very inexpensive and it's, it's easy to take. And there's no type of negative health benefits that come along with it. So me personally, I do um, enjoy supplementing pure alleucine post-workout myself. So do you know what the difference is? Um, I guess I could have looked it up or we could look it up later. But like between like a BCA supplement, like a high quality BCA supplement versus just like an alleucine supplement, like isolated. Well, what the cost differences. Yeah, so pure alleucine, if you're... Even if it's ballpark, I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, so ballpark. So pure alleucine, you're looking around like $25, like 120 servings. Okay. And that's just pure alleucine, unflavored, nothing in it. Where you could get a pretty good high-quality BCA for like 25 bucks for like 30 servings. Okay. Which still is not a bad price. 25 bucks for 30 serving BCA is not bad whatsoever. And I like how you said high quality mm -hmm. because there are a lot of BCAs out there that have super low alleucine content. Pixie dust. Yeah, they, yeah exactly. <laughs> they just put like a little dash. You put just enough to put on the label. So make sure if you do are purchasing, if you are buying a BCA, 
Um, make sure for one, it's not a proprietary blend. Make sure that it actually breaks down each individual ingredient so you know exactly what you are getting per scoop and kind of and look for a high alleucine content. So that's going to be um, a big thing. Or you go the route of just taking pure alleucine. Um, or <laughs> if the BCA does have a lot of leucine content, you can always purchase alleucine separately on the side and add it into that BCA to raise the alleucine content. Uh, especially, like I said, alleucine does not have a good flavor. So by mixing it in, it'll give alleucine a flavor and it might, and it'll taste good and you'll be probably more on top of taking it. So me personally, I do not supplement with BCAAs or alleucine specifically. And um, me only because I definitely always prioritize food, but I, I also have that knowledge. Like I know I need like a certain amount of grams of protein per day to reach my goals, um, have like a specific amount of vitamins and minerals and the combination of those. Um, so if I'm going to spend money on a supplement, it's going to be on a pre-workout and a creatine. So those two, um, I haven't been balling enough to get a BCAA because most studies show that it's not going to be that beneficial. Um, so you're better off saving your money if you do supplement, um, I do want to make sure that I mentioned three things. So, um, number one is the cost. Uh, you want to consider the cost per serving. Um, again, if you're an omnivore and you're eating protein, um, through natural like food sources, um, you may want to consider what the cost of a BCA supplement compared to like a, a whey protein where you might enjoy it a little bit more if you could throw in, you know, some veggies and fruit and blend it up and have a shake. Um, you know, if, if prepping food is not an option for everything, um, uh, there is some evidence that it is beneficial, but, um, you want to consider what your personal finances are and like your, the cost benefit for you. Um, the second is again, the quality. So if you're going to supplement with alleucine or BCAA, you want to look at the quality of the supplement. Um, you want to see third-party testing, but again, Third-party testing doesn't mean it's effective doses of anything. It just says that they didn't lie on the label. So uh, make sure you do your own research um, online. Examine.com is a source. Um, And finally, uh, consider your options, like as far as food. Um, If you are getting started working out, um, it might not be a bad idea, like if you wanted to start supplementing with these things, because a lot of the studies... Uh, like Joseph mentioned, that have been done um, on supplementing leucine or BCAs are for newbies, like new people in the gym just getting started. Um, their training, uh, let's mention too, that their training is monitored. So they're consistent for 12 weeks, mm-hmm. which that in and of itself has a huge benefit if you can be consistent for 12 weeks. But then if you're also um, having like a meal that's going to be you know, standardized, healthy for that, which is what the study I'm assuming did is just did two, you know, healthy post-workout meals. And then the one group had a placebo, the other group had all leucine, um, which showed that percentage of benefit, then um, go for it if you have the money. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. Do you supplement? Yeah, um, I don't personally supplement with BCAs or L-leucine as well, just for the same reasons you said. So, 
because we're poor. <laughs> no, just no. kidding. I'm just kidding. That's my <laughs> reason. True facts. But um, just to be clear, so L-leucine is part of a complete. It's it's if you're eating a complete protein, it's in there. So just like you, I eat plenty of meat. I'm also an omnivore, so I destroy all the chickens and cows and all that. So I enjoy my meat. So I, I'm I don't I wish I had the number in front of me, but there is. So if you're hitting a certain amount of protein per day per meal, you should be hitting that uh, number of that threshold for L-leucine. Now, if you're not the person that likes to eat a lot of food or you have trouble ingesting, my second option before L-leucine or BCAs, again, if you're able to purchase it, I would say purchase a whey protein because it is high in that um, in those content. amino acids as well. Now, after that, if you're still having trouble consuming enough food and you want to get that extra edge, like Joseph said, and if you have the uh, the money and it's just more convenient for you, then yeah, go ahead and get L-leucine. But that for me would be probably like the third option. Um, from my experience, I would just say just eat more food. Uh, before I used to be the person that would buy all this, all the BCAs, all the supplements, uh, just because I didn't know any better. I didn't know that, oh, if I'm eating enough food, there's pretty much no reason for me to be consuming this. Yeah. So that's that's my point of view. Yeah. So the thing is, there's not a lot of supplements out there that have like legit science back in saying like, hey, this works. Mm-hmm. There's, there's not a lot. There's, and there's even a- the ones that do check who funded the studies. Correct. Who funded the studies that's showing that it's effective. And see who is affecting the individual. Yes. And so that's why even for this study, like I start off by stressing that the results for our leucine mainly benefited newbie gains. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So again, if you if you want to enhance your your results, especially if you are newer to the gym, uh, if you feel like you can, you know, drop an extra 20, 25 bucks on a good BCA that has high leucine content, then I definitely would say go for it. Go for it. Try it out. It's one of those things again that's not going to hurt you. Can only benefit you. And if if you're someone like me, I personally still take it, even though obviously I'm I'm pretty experienced. Um, just because again, if it can benefit me, even if even a little bit, I'm gonna try to get that extra edge. Obviously, for competitive reasons, I'm always looking for that little extra edge to help me out. Um, and so for me personally, I do supplement with Al Lewisine um, post workout daily, along with uh, creatine post workout daily. Um, and then. Uh, a little bit of caffeine pre-workout daily <laughs> or a lot of it yeah. <laughs> i will say too if, if um like so i've gone to a couple like fit expos where you get tons of bca samples like mm-hmm. they're handing them out like crazy um one benefit that i will say is like it helps me drink a lot of water yeah. like if you ever have a free sample where it didn't cost you anything and like it's not going to cost or it's not going to be any uh it's not going to be harmful um, then throwing some BCAs in your gallon jug and walking around with a neon green beverage, if that's going <laughs> to help you drink more water, then thumbs up. Do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Ooh. Yeah. So for you guys, try out these. So yeah. So, so so try try them out for yourselves and see and see how and see how it works. See how you perform. But try them out consistently for a long time. You know, get giving like don't just try it out for a day or two and be like, oh. You know, creatine is not for me. You know, like, like give it some time, like let it work, you know, actually like gauge, make sure you're working out properly. Make sure your nutrition's in check. Like make sure you're, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's and, and you will see these results. You will see uh, more improvement overall. Yeah. We'll say like with creatine it's kind of, it's kind of hard to see the, the benefits of it because you can't really tell. Like you just, 
I guess you don't really know because you could be a non-responder, but it's in the long term, it's supposed to help you. Uh, but with like caffeine, you you take some caffeine and you know it's working. You're like, <laughs> okay, yeah, I feel good. Yeah. But with creatine, you can't really tell. So yeah, just take it for a good amount of time and see if it makes any difference. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. We're a few days out from 2020. Yeah. So next episode will be uh, a New Year's episode and we're going to kind of speak about how to stick to resolutions. Yeah, we'll be in 2020 the next time. We'll be in 2020. We'll be so there. what are we going to talk about? Resolutions. Goal setting. Goal setting. Goal setting. Smart goal setting. Goals. And how to stick to them and Hashtag. how to stay in the gym past February. And and what? Stay in the gym past February. No, what was the other, what was the other one? 2020. The other one you came up with. Oh. Here, you want me to say it again? I'll say it again. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, he's setting, it. he's setting you up. <laughs> Break PRs, not resolutions. There you go. <laughs> was there an echo? <laughs> I can okay. put it in there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So again, guys, uh, guys, guys and girls. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. <laughs> Whatever you guys are. Whoever's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, thank you. Thanks for listening. I could care less. <laughs> oh, I hope your your puppies are listening to us too. <gasps> Sorry. You okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. If you guys are listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star review and give us an amazing um, <laughs> written review as well. <laughs> We'll give you guys a shout out on the episode. Uh, please, when we post this, <laughs> you're so distracting. <laughs> please make sure to share with your friends and family on social media, send it through text messages, let everybody know, um, and come get this information, man. Uh, yeah. Be sure to follow us. We're bringing us. a lot of good stuff for 2020. Yeah, we, we're going to have a new setup in here as well. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, <laughs> you guys will have a nice, uh, fresh background. Yes. And yeah, so be sure to follow us on Instagram. Uh, the podcast is pr.podcast. My Instagram is fit underscore fluential. Annabelle's is evolved dot. I just want to say one thing, though. Annabelle. <laughs> Before we. Morgan. We, you know, we always Morgan have to interrupt you. Aquino. <laughs> I'm just walking through it. It's <laughs> so real quick. I just it's like a recording. Say, I just want to say uh, to those of you that have been listening to old and new listeners, we appreciate you. This is the 11th episode, oh, right? That's going to be going yeah. out. And. I'm not really a big analytics guy because I don't like to look at them, especially so early in, in this game. But it's pretty cool to see we still have an audience. Yeah. You know, and so we appreciate every single one of you that tunes in and listens to us talk. Um, yeah. And just just pretty cool. So thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And that's that's all I had to say. Beautiful. <laughs> Follow Morgan at Morgan <laughs> Didn't miss a beat. <laughs> Morgan Dadakino. No, seriously, no. It it means the world to us, and yeah, like Morgan says, uh, you know, we see all the analytics for the show, and it's nice to see a consistent uh, audience base uh, tune in weekly to, to listen to us talk. And I think it's super cool when people listen to the old episodes. Like yeah, I see, taken, you'll probably notice it's taken a lot of fine tuning. We had a lot of trashed episodes oh, yeah. and re records. Yeah, a lot of re records. Yeah, and it's wow. yeah, it's pretty cool because I, I personally I don't know how to approach it. Like I've had a couple times, like at the Olympia. Um, a gentleman came up to me and said, hey, I listen to a podcast. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and even though like I have friends and people and other people that I don't really know personally, but they'll come up to me, hey, I listen to the podcast. Like at that moment, I don't know how to respond. respond. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, like, what'd you think? But in my head, I'm like, I'm just like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's, no, I love so it. It's awesome. That's why I want to take the time to just say thank you to everyone because I know sometimes people have approached me. I'm just like blank. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> 
This is pretty so cool. So Morgan doesn't react. <laughs> it's a he's good like, sign. He's really excited inside. <laughs> yeah. I'm like this. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.